Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We do go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He covers the Cavs as one half of the Locked On Cavs podcast. Also, the Write Down Euclid newsletter that he does a phenomenal job with as well. You can follow him on X at Am Not Evan. Evan Damarell joining us on the show. What's going on, Evan? Not much, Spencer. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, it's sunny out. It's cold, but it's it's sunny in February in Cleveland. So uh, I'll take that. You know. Yeah, you take the small victories whenever you can. And thankfully, warm weather is going to follow that uh, sunny weather too. And I then, did see. You that. know. Yeah, that that's golf. That's, golf is on the uh, horizon, and my my wife is not thrilled for me to be out of the house <laughs> more than I need to be. That is the get. Not that global warming is a good thing, but that the one the one perk. To, to global warming is that golf season starts a little sooner in this this uh, this neck of the woods. So we all get to get out a little bit sooner and start start hitting the clubs, which is nice. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I went to the range the other day. Um, the rust was there. I texted my dad. He's like, how'd you do? I'm like, mostly bad, some good. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I said at the range on live air, but, you know, when you're frustrated, you're frustrated. You know, simple game, see ball, hit ball. It just doesn't go the way you want it to go. We have all been there, Evan. People listening right now feel your pain on that for sure. So it's a very relatable thing to go struggle at golf. Um, speaking of struggling, Darius Garland seems to – I don't even want to – maybe struggling is the wrong word. That was a bad, a bad segue. But he seems to just kind of – I don't know if it's he's in his head. I don't know if he just doesn't really know what his role is. But I, people are pointing out, and I think it's a valid thing to observe, that while Mitchell's been out, he just kind of seems like he's he's hesitant at times. Just what do you think is going on with Darius Garland right now when we saw a couple years ago a guy who was a perennial all-star doing some really good things on a trajectory towards being one of the best point guards in this sport, and now it seems like he's kind of stuck in in some sort of funk. I think he is in a bit of a funk right now, but to be fair to Darius as well, um, he did lose about 15 pounds is what he shared with me during his uh, time where he was wired shut. But at the same time, like there were limitations to what he could do physically. Like the Cavs had to be mindful of his heart rate. He was more or less acting as a rebounder for his teammates, even sometimes putting up some shots, but not getting too, too crazy with it. Whereas with Evan Mobley, Sure, the knee surgery is a separate thing, and I think people are just kind of comparing those two because Mobley came back hot right away, and they're thinking, okay, if Evans coming back great, Darius is going to come back great as well. But 
I think Mobley just coming back to the situation um, with what's going on with the Cavs. He started maybe on second, maybe third base if you want to be pragmatic about it. But Darius started at home, and he's trying to find his way on the first, second, third still. So I think there's the physical hurdles that are still there. Um, I think the rust is still a little bit evident. I think he is playing his way through that and kind of just playing himself back into the actual in-game shape. And, I, you know, not having the um, – minute restriction anymore helps quite a bit but regardless there were times throughout this season where even when Donovan was available like it just didn't fully click the way the Cavs were hoping it would and it was a little surprising just considering how quickly those two gelled last season it felt like something they lost a little bit just heading into this year and now that they're playing this new offensive style I think it is a little bit of a figuring out process I, I talked about this on Locked on Cavs a bit um I'm still surprised how quickly Evan Mobley gelled with everything, but more so like Darius, it's going to take him a bit. Like he has to get comfortable playing off the ball. He has to get comfortable not having the ball in his hands when he's on the floor with Donovan, or maybe they run certain offensive sets or wrinkles just to kind of get him easy looks. But it's tricky because at this point in the NBA season, practice time is limited. And if they do practice, a lot of it is probably walkthroughs and film study because you don't want guys getting hurt at this point in the year. Um, and a lot of it's just recovery on top of that. But you have to kind of be patient with it. I think it is encouraging that um, he is starting to score more. You're seeing the passing and the playmaking go up. The turnovers aren't as bad as they were when he first came back. And he's slowly kind of putting it back together. Uh, I understand the frustration maybe with Donovan being out that he's not maybe taking more shots, but I just, I think that's just how Darius is wired as a player too, where he would rather get his teammates involved and find the open man and kind of get the offense clicking for everybody versus just being the guy who puts up 40 points and five assists or something like that, but it maybe doesn't result in a win because it's not enough, but it's going to be a work in progress. I don't think it's going to be a seamless transition. I think I read um, a Cavs fan that I follow on X said, like, listen, winning 17 of 18 was a really high high, but losing three of your last four is certainly humbling. And I think that's just the reality of the game. I think it's it's kind of like, you know, like there's a golf analogy. It seems simple enough. You win, it feels great. You lose, you lose. But I think just the morale in the locker room isn't shaken. I think the faith in Darius hasn't been shaken at all, and I don't think Darius's confidence is weighed or anything. It's just, it stinks. I think yeah. the, it was kind of unfair that he was up and down to start the season. He and Donovan were kind of starting to click a little bit, and then he has the jaw injury, and he's just, he is the one player on the Cavs that has been kind of dealing with constant setbacks, and a lot of it wasn't his fault. And now it's, you know, he is trying to put together as much as he can. And they, the cast still have 20 regular season games to figure this out, but 20 ish. But yeah, it, yeah I, I understand the frustration, but I think patience is just really the only thing you have to kind of preach at this point. You're a pro's pro for bringing back the golf analogy in there. That was, that was perfect from the start of the conversation. You mentioned, um, you mentioned the whole, like, without Donovan Mitchell, him taking over more thing. And, and that, that's a legitimate argument people are making. But I don't know. Like, how much do you really subscribe to that, Evan? Because my argument on this is if you took away the star player of any team, I think you'd see the team that that's left behind sort of struggle without them. Even if we have these preconceived notions of what Darius Garland's supposed to be or whatever, 
I like I I just can't let that be the reason why I'm like outraged that they lost two games in a row because you're not you're not you don't get Donovan Mitchell with the idea that well we'll be okay without him you get him with the idea that in the playoffs you'll have him like obviously the expectations yeah. are different for this team anyway if Donovan Mitchell isn't there so how much do you subscribe to that I I think the understand I mean I understand the sentiment because Donovan is the best player on this team but. We had, you had touched on it earlier. Darius is an all-star level guard. Jared Allen is an all-star level big man. Um, Evan Mobley is on the trajectory to be the best player on this team. But I understand maybe like you expect these guys to step up a little bit more than they already are just to kind of compensate the lack of Donovan Mitchell. But I agree with you. I think he can only go so far, especially when you have to consider the limitations that or maybe just the rust and frustrations Darius is dealing with. And you have to find help elsewhere. I think if you look at the Philly game, Karis LeVert going 1-11 from the floor and J.B. Bickerstaff leaning on him so much really did hurt the Cavs on offense. He gave you six points in total. Four of those came from the free throw line. And, yeah, the five rebounds, four assists, and the two blocks help a little bit. But, like, the reason why you have Karis LeVert as your sixth man is you want him to – Supercharged those bench units. You want him to get easy buckets and find a rhythm coming off as a reserve. And he does play well next to Darius, but you're getting a lack of production because there's going to be times when the Cavs will sit Darius. And yeah, they played him 38 minutes in this game against Philly, almost 39, but it's, you need help elsewhere. And I think that's the other thing that kind of went understated during that, like, you know, winning 17 of 18 stretch the Cavs had is it wasn't just the Donovan Mitchell show. Like, yeah, Donovan Mitchell was heliocentric to everything, and he was scoring and dominating like crazy, but you had a lot of individual standout performers, whether it was Karis LeVert, Sam Merrill, Dean Wade, George Yang, Isaac Okoro had his moments too. Like, there, there was the role players just meeting certain expectations and clicking in a certain way that we're also not seeing right now. Like Cleveland's bench has just been very lackluster in these two games back. And I think that's going to be a bit of a work in progress as well. But uh, yeah, but I also understand the sentiment of, okay, if those guys don't have it, this team is talented enough. They have enough star power at the top to carry them. But I, I also agree with you, like in just being around Darius and watching his game for his entire career with Cleveland, um, he's also just not wired that way. Like, yeah, he'll have those games where he'll, score quite a bit but I always think like he doesn't care about how how much he can score he would rather win and I think he's just such a he's wired to be such a team first player that he'd rather pass the ball and defer to others and kind of get everyone else involved so it's like a collective effort versus just Darius putting the team on his back and I mean we'll see Donovan is probable against the Wizards today when the Cavs play them at 6 p.m. but um Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. We'll see what the uh, next steps are. But, yeah, I understand the general frustration, but I think the bench has just been so lacking that it's kind of hard not to uh, win um, yeah. in some of these situations yeah. for Cleveland just because, like, like looking at it, like the, the Sixers had campaign go off with 16 points off the bench and K.J. Martin had six, Anthony Melton had seven. And that was a nice compliment to Tyrese Maxing having 24, Ubre having 10, Tobias Harris having 15. Like the Sixers got more out of their rotation than the Cavs did in that game, and ditto for the Magic game as well. Like the, the Magic um, killed the Cavs with their bench unit, mostly Mo Wagner, but still, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. If, if uh, by the way, guys, we're talking to Evan Dammer on the North Olmsted Crash the Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I think of the two losses here from this, the end of this week. The, the the main thing that I take away is my biggest concern is from that, that Orlando game where, you know, Mo Wagner was just bullying the Cavaliers, especially inside, and that's just, you know, it's flashbacks to what we saw in the Knicks series last year. So I'm just going to ask you straight up, what is your biggest concern about this team right now as we sort of turn the corner towards the, the playoffs here in the next in the next month or so? I, I I do have that concern with physicality and um, handling pressure because despite the fact that the Cavs did address some issues in the offseason, they never really did kind of address the elephant in the room, which was those offensive rebounds that they kept giving up to Mitchell Robinson and the Knicks. But, you know, you did hope internally that Evan Mobley and Jared Allen could kind of compensate that. And you did see, as you had noted, like Wagner – bullied the Cavs quite a bit. He was 7-12 on the floor. I think the fact that he's a stretchier big kind of made it a little more of a tougher defensive assignment for Jared Allen or Evan Mobley, who, I mean, both were dealing with foul trouble in that game. I mean, more so Mobley than Allen. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a concern. I think it's always going to be a concern no matter what. So you kind of have to put up or shut up. And you have to show that, like, okay, last year, was last year and this year is different. And I think the Cavs do have the offensive firepower to kind of match team shot for shot because other than the physicality and the mental battle that they were struggling with against New York, I think for the Cavs, it was the lack of just not having players. And they had maybe five viable guys in that series against the Knicks. So I don't know. We'll see um, how it goes. The, you know, the playoffs are a completely different beast, and this, this is a little bit of a humbling stretch for them right now. But if they start clicking and they're kind of, I don't want to say peaking, but things are kind of riding high, and Max Drews actually said, like, no, I don't believe in peaking. I think teams are good no matter who the personnel is, and it matters what happens in the playoffs. But, you know, having that momentum helps quite a bit, especially if you're role players. Um but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I think it's always going to be a concern until they kind of disprove that notion because 
as unfair as it is, like you could have a phenomenal regular season like the Cavs are right now and like they did last year. And it, it all crystallizes in how you perform in the postseason. And last year, none of it met in, None of what they did in the regular season seemed to matter because they got punked in five games by the New York Knicks. So yeah. well, we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm, I'm definitely curious because they play the Knicks very soon, and it, it seems at least that these two teams are on a collision course to meet each other in possibly the second round of the playoffs, and I think there's a level of excitement. like that That's a possible trip to the conference finals right there on the line. If the Cavs can excite their demons against New York and do that, great. Or we'll have more questions and answers than maybe we did last season if they can't seem to get past that New York hurdle. Evan, I'm going to get you out of here with kind of an off-the-cuff one, or not off-the-cuff, sure. but like an off-the-off-topic the, off one, uh, unrelated to the Cavs. And I was reading last night as I was prepping for the show, uh, Chauncey Billups made a comment on the that, that Matt Barnes-Steven Jackson podcast that I keep forgetting the name of. Um, and he, he, he was talking about how uh, in 03 – if the Pistons had taken Mello um, at, 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 with the number two pick, obviously instead of Darko Milicic, that they that, that LeBron's legacy would be different because he wouldn't have sort of assumed the role of like the, the best player in the league and sort of taken that torch as soon. How different do you think LeBron's legacy would have been if the Pistons take Mello instead of Darko? in 2003? That's always going to be the what if. I mean, you could also say they could have taken Dwayne Wade, but at the time, like, LeBron was the the next greatest prospect, obviously, just coming out of St. Vincent St. Mary, but Melo had a really great career. He just won a national title of Syracuse at the time, too. And I think that's always going to be a, a what if moment. I mean, Darko did have really the intangibles, and I could understand the sentiment at the time. It's easier to clown the pick looking back, but I don't know. I LeBron single handedly ended, ended Chauncey Billups and the Detroit Pistons dynasty, <laughs> and then the Pistons tore it down after that. So. That's that's why he saw. That's probably why he made these comments. He was like, "Oh man, that, that yeah. series goes differently if we have Melo." I'm guessing. <laughs> I mean, at that point, then the Pistons send. Um, Chauncey to uh, Denver to play with Melo, yeah. so I think yeah. he still got what he wanted in the end, just, you know, different situation. Um, but I think that that's such an interesting question. I don't know. I, I just think with how poorly managed the Pistons were after LeBron dismantled them, like, I don't know if that's the case, and maybe the Pistons are still on the same trajectory, but they, instead of doing what the Nuggets have done post-Melo, I mean, obviously they've won a championship, but I don't know. They, I don't believe it just because LeBron, like that, that <laughs> performance to me, like yeah. in that playoff series is just absolutely bonkers. Like he single-handedly just tore down the Pistons dynasty. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the most unforgettable performances of his career. No doubt. He's Evan Damarell. I like that perspective on that question. We'll, we'll sort of react to it on the other side here, but he's Evan Damarell. You can follow him on X at am not Evan. Of course he covers the Cavs for his write down Euclid newsletter and He's one half of the Locked on Cast podcast. Evan, you know I always appreciate you, man. Thanks so much for jumping on with us and uh, giving us the giving us the lowdown on what's going on with Darius Garland. Appreciate it, my friend. Anytime. Thanks, Evan. Take it easy, man. Good stuff. Evan Damrell, North Olmsted, Christ the Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Shot clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 